So today we're celebrating the auspicious appearance of Sri Ram Chandra, and we began our program this morning with a, some discussion from Rihat Bhagavatamrita and Nard's experience. And his hearing from Prahlad and his subsequent experience, his hearing from Prahlad about the glories of Hanuman in comparison to Prahlad himself and how Prahlad saw his bhakti as a progression from his own position and glorifying him in many ways, Nard got inspired and went to Kimpurushwarsha where Hanuman is said to reside within the material world serving Ram in separation, serving his archabigra, his deity form. After having spent some 13,000 years with him personally on earth, he separated from him for, for some time. So this way we began, and then now we're discussing again, and we've begun our discussion with the Dasavatar Stotram, a beautiful poem written by Jaidev Goswami, in which the ten avatars are glorified, one of which, of course, is Ramchandra. We know from Bhagavatam that the number of the avatars is how many? Asankhya, yes. Unlimited. <laughs> there are 20-some, 23 or 4 mentioned there, and this by Sutta Goswami, and he says after that they're unlimited. The sages that Namashran had asked in the beginning chapter to hear about the different avatars of, of Krishna. So they were related then in the third chapter in answer to that request. And so ten of them here have been uh, selected by Jayadev, ten principal ones who appeared on earth for different reasons. Some of them are Shaktivesha avatars like Brigupati and, what's another name for Brigupati? Padrasharam and um, Buddha, others Lila avatars like Baraha and Nishinga of Amana and so forth. Nishinga takes some prominence in there, as does Ram, and that both of them are said to have manifested all six opulences, along with two other appearances of the Lord in this world, one of which was Krishna himself, of course, and the other of which was Balaram. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> Balaram has all opulences too, but... So, Ram is a Sadaishvaryapuna avatar, and most Vaishnavas are very familiar with Ram Leela and Ram Bhakti, and especially throughout India, Ram is very, very popular there. 
And uh, in fact, we find, for example, in the person of Ujjbhat Sridhar Goswami that he uh, stated that in the beginning he was very dedicated to Ram. He had an affinity for, for Ram Bhakti. And for Krishna Bhakti, he didn't have that much interest. It was more difficult for him to understand the activities of Krishna. In Ram, we have the perfect human. In Krishna, we have the imperfect human, which is more human. <laughs> Ram's opulence is that he's a perfect human, which is just like impossible, practically. He's called Mariada, very moral and uh, appropriate life, living according to the Dharma and so forth. And that was inspiring to Sri Maharaj, and of course many, many people in India growing up from childhood hearing about Ram, from Ramayana and Ramchari, the famous other version of the Valmiki Ramayana given by Tulsi Das, a later day devotee. And they're inspired by his example as a, as I say, as an ideal human being. Whereas Krishna, on the other hand, is a little bit more difficult to understand. He exhibits, as I say, more of the imperfect human being, seems to have transgressed the laws of Dharma in many ways. He wasn't uh, the ideal child in as much as he was a bit of mis- mischievous and thief and, and so on. Of course, in his, in his adult life, he, his affairs with the gopis were, were questionable also. So it was a little more difficult for Shiramarj to identify with Krishna. Also, Krishna is overtly the supreme enjoyer. Whereas in Ram, we see some sacrifice. In the words, Ram was, was um, requested by his stepmother, I guess. Yet again, I, as I said earlier, I've never read the Ramayana. I'm not familiar with it. It's too consuming for me to Krishna Bhakti and Gaur Bhakti, but, but Ram Bhakti is important. And it's important to us as Gaur Bhaktas as well, as I'll explain. But at any rate, one of Dasarath's wives asked, uh, requested, got a benediction, and she requested that under the influence of bad association, she had some bad association, and she was led to believe that um, her son was uh, should, should be more important in Ram and this kind of kind of party spirit she was influenced to, to think like that and so she got a benediction from her husband and she asked as a benediction that Ram be banished from the kingdom so that her son what was his name? But at any rate Ram accepted the banishment which was devastating to Dasarath and his father to the whole kingdom and he went into the forest for so many years so it was a difficult thing, but for the principle of Dharma, to obey the Father, he went into the forest. He thinks like this throughout his Lila, where it would appear that he should have done otherwise and transgressed the law, because there's something higher than the law. He followed the law. So very much uh, an example of adherence to rule. And in that, there is some, there's some self-sacrificing, obviously. Bart. Okay, yes. He was the king. Uh, so, Sridhar Maharaj identified uh, more with, with Ram and that self-sacrificing. And in Krishna, he didn't see that, that sacrificing spirit. After all, as I say, Krishna is overtly the supreme enjoyer to the point that he appears to transgress the rules for the sake of 
enjoying. But, of course, then when he heard about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu properly, and although Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna, he's in the mood of Radhika, and there's so much self-sacrifice in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he accepted sannyas for the sake of the small souls and so forth. Then he came to, through the identification of Radha, which is the counter-hole, as Bhaktisiddhanta like to describe her, of Krishna. They're non-different and different at the same time. The sacrificing aspect of Krishna is manifest in Radha. Then he could appreciate and he came to Gaur-bhakti and, and Krishna-bhakti. And he seemed to identify considerably with, uh, with Gaur-bhakti and took up his residence, of course, with Nityananda Prabhu's permission in Abhidhutam. So, it's common for people in India to identify more with Ram than with Krishna. Krishna is a little harder to understand. As I said, Ram is like the perfect human, which is superhuman. And Krishna is like the imperfect human, which is much more like us. He's closer to us in one sense, but further at the same time. To reach there, Goloka, and within Goloka there are divisions, Dwarka, Mathura, and Braja. And within Goloka to enter the Braj, where Swayam Bhagavan stands next to Radha. That is not easy. Ayodhya is, is a few steps transcendently down from there. Bad word to use, but the English language is limited. These places, if you will, these planes of experience, Vaikuntha, Ayodhya, Dwarka, Mathura, Vrindavan, and so forth. They are separated, they are distance, not by miles, not by space, not by really by time, but by by rasa, by sentiment, by feeling. So the intimacy of Krishna Bhakti in Braj that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was so interested in, we don't find that in Ramlila, in Ayodhya. But nonetheless Ayodhya is a very special place and Ram is a very special avatar, especially for us who are in human society, because he appears fully as a human. These other avatars of fish and uh, tortoise and uh, uh, dwarf, vamana and uh, and uh, half man and half lion and nishinga. Did we miss one? Boar. Fish, boar, the boar, and uh, the brigupati, uh, uh, the uncivilized man, and we come to Ram, the perfect man. Buddha is like an ascetic, so he doesn't really come as close either, which is people are not. Mahaprabhu, of course, is, is an ascetic as well, but much, much more of a human also. His, his sannyasa is very different than the renunciation of, of the Buddha avatar. And, of course, that's a whole other, other discussion. He's the beloved of, of Nadia, and uh, it's a farce. His sannyas. The Buddha's sannyasa is not a farce, but Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's is, even though the standard of Bhairagya that he shows, one of the six opulences, would make the Buddha tremble. <laughs> so, Ram is understandable, endearing to human society, and within the group of these avatars mentioned here, he has a special place because his abode, Ayodhya, is not just another department of Bhaikuntha. It's a special place unto itself, a little transcendentally above Vaikuntha. And there we find, in some, sentiments for the Lord that we do not find 
anywhere in Vaikuntha in relation to any of the other many Vishnu avatars who have their like chambers or their departments, their places in Vaikuntha. Like if you go to one of the big, big South Indian temples like Padmanabha in uh, Trivendram, I mean big, big temple. I mean, it's like a city, practically, fortress. And you go in and there's the big uh, the, the Vishnu deity lying out like 20 feet long, the central altar. And um, and throughout the temple, there's these different departments. There's Nishimadev and Braha. They even got a department for Krishna. So Krishna also has a place in Vaikuntha as an aspect of Narayana. But this is not the full Krishna of, of Braja. So people are allowed to see like that and think like that and so forth. But Ram has his own place, Ayodhya, and there you find sentiments in some devotees that you do not find in Vaikuntha. In Vaikuntha we have Dasya Bhakti and Shanta. And in Ayodhya we find what? We find the brotherly love of Lakshman for Ram. And we find also the Vatsalya Bhakti of Koshalya for Ram. We don't know who the mother of Narayan is. There's no mother in Vaikuntha. You see how this way uh, the Goswamis have very nicely analyzed and they've discussed the completeness or incompleteness of, the, of Bhagawan, not in terms of tattva, in which they are all the same in terms of the avatars, but in terms of rasa. It's simple. Narayan has no mother. <laughs> and Ram has mother... <laughs> Uh, and so, and, and that, of course, then makes him more like us, brings him closer to us, even though he goes higher, higher on the scale of, of the uh, different manifestations of the Lord. And so, there's this some type of intimacy there that's experienced by some, witnessed by others, worshipped by others, regarded. The main devotee there, of course, is Hanuman. He's in Dasya Bhakti, his sentiments, and. Um, and so Ram is a very important avatar. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, in his Leela, we find many instances in which Ramchandra makes his appearance. As I mentioned earlier, this morning we find in Nityananda Prabhu's pastimes as a child, he readily enacted the pastimes of Ram. We find in taking the part of Lakshman and fainting, as Lakshman did in the battle and requiring to be revived by a special herb from the Himalayas and brought to him by one devotee and he was revived by a, by a devotee who played the part of Hanuman like Hanuman did, bringing the whole mountaintop to secure that he got the right herb for reviving Lakshman. And in Puri, it's also described how Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, even as an adult, these were the childhood pastimes of Nityananda Prabhu, but as an adult he enacted the pastimes of Ram with his devotees as he did uh, at, at the time of Ram, Ram Nomi, the appearance day of Ram, they would celebrate like this and enact the pastimes, as he did enact the pastimes of Krishna in Puri at the time of uh, Janamastami. So uh, in many places in, in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Lila, Ram appears. In fact, Ram appears personally in Chaitanya Lila in a number of places when Mahaprabhu shows his sadbuj. You may have seen the sadbuj gore of, of Brigu Pad in Finland, his deity. So Mahaprabhu showed this form to a number of devotees. And we know he showed to Sarvabhauma, he showed probably to 
Murari, I think he showed it to Advaita also, three, four times. He showed the, he showed the two arms of Ram holding a bow and arrow, and the two arms of Krishna holding the flute, and the two arms of himself holding the kamandalu, the water pot, and the danda representing the sannyas order. So it's a, it's, it's a very interesting form, and it, it really says to us that the Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had the morality of a Ram. That his, his uh, observance, for example, of the sannyas was uh, super, as I mentioned, extraordinary, and very uh, morally uh, upright and, and whatnot. But he, nonetheless, as a sannyasi, he worshipped Krishna and Krishna's love for the gopis and Radha's love for Krishna. So he's basically, in a way, telling us that how to understand Krishna Leela and that there has to be a moral basis to one's life and that the religious experience will arise out of that and beyond that, a transcendental, supra-religious experience, not only of the kind of bhakti of, of Mariada, of Ram, but the rag bhakti of Goloka, that it has, that while it appears otherwise, it has a, really its foundation in, in uh, good moral standing, good character. So we should see the good character comes in us in our practice of bhakti before our taste. We expect good, good character will come. So uh, in this way, Mahaprabhu showed the sadbuj form a number of times. He He's the full born avatar himself. He's the uh, avutari, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, avutara avutari. And so he would show himself as Ram when appropriate. Where was it appropriate? One of the places it was appropriate was when he met with Hanuman. So Hanuman also appeared in, in Ram Lila as a dear classmate, friend of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu by the name of Murari Gupta. Mahaprabhu wrote on his forehead, Ram, wrote the name Ram on his forehead and said, You are Hanuman. Showed himself as Ram to him. So with Mahaprabhu came so many eternal associates, not only of because he's Krishna and from Krishna Lila, but from Ram Lila also we find this instance. So Murari Gupta was a great bhakta of, of Ram. And uh, another great devotee of Ram in Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Lila was the brother of Rup and Sanatana Goswami, Anupam, also known with the name Balaba. And um, while they, together, the three brothers, made a pact to serve Krishna, Radha and Krishna, throughout their whole life, Balaba had been a devotee of Ram, a steady devotee of Ram. And by analyzing and discussing the scriptures, they, they arrived at such a conclusion. But sleeping at night, while the other two brothers, Sanatana, slept soundly with that idea in mind, he was restless throughout the, the entire night because he, while it was reasonable, logical, and by objective uh, analysis, by a detached kind of analysis, tatastavichar, by removing oneself from the subjective experience, he could understand, yes, Krishna Lila is more complete. There's more possibility of intimacy with the Lord there. He had developed this stayibhav for Ram and Ram Bhakti as a Dasya Bhakta, and so he couldn't give up the thought of serving Ram. And later he passed away, and when Mahaprabhu asked, I think it was Rupa Goswami, 
about him. He told the story, either Rupa or Sanatan. He told the story, and, and Mahabharata, what did he say? He said, glory is, is that devotee who will not give up his Lord. And then he said, glorious is that Lord who will not give up his devotees. The implication is that Balaba, Anupam, he could not give up his Lord. And therefore, seeing that, the Lord could not give him up and cause his disappearance from the world by bringing him back to Godhead. He couldn't, seeing that, the force of his devotion, he couldn't stay away from him any longer. So Mahaprabhu was very pleased with this. Mahaprabhu didn't say, oh, too bad. He only got the Ram Bhakti. He didn't get the Manjari Bhav. This is offensive kind of thinking. All of these uh, sentiments of love for Bhagwan in any one of its forms are perfect and complete, and they're suitable for those devotees. We discussed a little bit about Hanuman this morning. We didn't mention this point, but with regard to this, this particular point, Hanuman shows a good example there. When Krishna was on earth and Ram was in Kim Purusha then he sent, Krishna sent Garuda to teach Garuda something to Hanuman and said, well, fetch him, tell him to come and see me. And so when Garuda went and asked Hanuman, Krishna wants to see you, he pretty much ignored him. He says, I'm busy right now, I'll, you know, I'll get to it, yeah. So Garuda was, was shocked and, and he thought, Krishna sent me to learn about the bhakti of of another devotee who's also a carrier of the Lord. As we heard from Brihat Bhagavatamrita, Han Hanuman is, a, is considered a, a better, a more transcendentally more uh, superior carrier than Garuda. So this is why Krishna sent him there. He carried Ram, he carried Lakshman in the fighting and so forth, and and uh, his bhakti has something from in it that Garuda can, can learn from. So Krishna sent his carrier to Ram's carrier. Learn a little something about carrying from, from Hanuman. But when Hanuman more or less ignored him, he came back and said, you know, this is what happened. What kind of bhakti, bhakti does he have? And, and Krishna said, oh, well, we'll go back and tell him that Ram wants to see him. So he went back to tell him that Ram wanted to see him. And then he, and Hanuman just leaped to Dwarka. Sometimes it said that Guru didn't see him, didn't know where he was going. He just leaped away. And so he, he flew back kind of slowly, kind of like, what's going on? And on his way back, he saw Hanuman jumping back the other way, saying, Ram, Ram. He had already gone, and he was coming back. And when in, in Dwarka, it's mentioned that at that time that, that Ram then accepted the form of, or Krishna, uh, Dwarkesh Krishna, assumed the form of Ram. And he had Balaram assume the form of Lakshman. And Satyabhama tried to accept the form of Sita, and she couldn't, and Krishna laughed, and Rukmini did. So, <laughs> in this way, Ram came and got the darshan of, or Hanuman came and got the darshan of Ram in Dwarka. So, um, the devotee's sentiment who's developed and perfect uh, should never be minimized. Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami, even while objectively speaking in, Krishna, in Chaitanya Charitamrita about the superior position of, of the Gopi Bhav, makes it clear. I think twice he mentions this and twice he says, but each devotee's own particular sentiment. That's best for him. So, in this way, also, uh, in the form of Balaba, in the form of Marari Gupta, uh, we find the appearance of, uh, of Ramchandra in, uh, in Gorlila. And also we find in Chaitanya Bhagwat that in the description 
of Navadvip, many devotees saw him as Ram also, relative to their to their bhakti in the marriage with Vishnu with Lakshmi Priya, they saw Sita and Ram, some of them. So we should never um minimize as some people do unfortunately in the name of devotion the different avatars of the Lord. Uh, these sentiments in which there appears to be some deprecation, like you have Prabhupada Saraswati saying, who cares for Varaha, who lifted the earth? Big deal. No big news. That's a, a footnote only. And this one and that one, he's talking about the different avatars. Since the appearance of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, all these have become like the back page news. This is headlines. And uh, he is the main speaker. What Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has done for the earth. All these avatars did something for the earth. Jayadev singing about them in his song. Interesting thing, of course, to note about his song also is that he's also saying that Krishna is too Bhagavan Swayam. That every stanza he's saying, he's saying, Kesha Badrita. So, Nada Hari Rupa, Kesha Badrita, Vamana Rupa, Kesha Badrita, Rama Sharira, and so on. Uh, and this this song comes in a book called Gita Govinda, in the, in the preface to the Gita Govinda, which is all about Krishna's love with Radha. And so he's basically saying this in the beginning, understand this appropriately, he's the source of all these different avatars. He's glorifying all of them. There are places, like I say, like Purana Saraswati and other devotees, that may seem to deprecate the different leaders of the Lord, different avatars of the Lord, in relation to their own sentiment for their own Lord. But these are extreme expressions of bhava. And so there's a license there for that. Bhava is a kind of a madness in which the the, uh, the tattvas is obscured to some extent. So we don't have that kind of bhava. When we do, then those kind of sentiments may, may come on us. We may appreciate the bhava of others and we may glorify it and, and quote such things in pursuit of their experience, their bhava for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu or for Krishna or Bhakti Thakur in some places spoken about Radha in extreme ways and criticizing anyone who doesn't uh, chant her name or, or something. I don't want to see her fa- their face and, and so on. So these extreme positions are, are not something that we can imitate. We can, in our lineage, in our line where these come, we appreciate them, we, we, we may cite them, we may aspire for them, but not in a way that's in, inordinate, such that we, we develop a mundane understanding and we make uh, offense to uh, one of the avatars. And therefore, all these days, appearances of the principal avatars should be appropriately honored, as we are doing today. And we can draw much inspiration from Ram Bhakti, especially in the personage of of Hanuman, who's been singled out as to be as the primaries, most important Dasya Bhakta, in a sense. He, he kind of personifies Dasya Bhakti in a way that he's a paradigmatic figure who is uh, forever glorified. And this glorification is not just by people who are up to his level or lower. We'll find the inhabitants of Vrindavan, the gopis and all that. So much appreciation for Hanuman. The inhabitants of Vrindavan, they won't think we are all superior to all these types of devotees. No, not in any way. If they should make their appearance, if Nard should come, as he does, the Brudge, they won't say, oh, you're a lower devotee. No, they'll worship him as if he's higher than, than them. This is the kind of 
standard in which Mahaprabhu taught in the Shikshastakam, a standard of humility that, that demonstrates that humility in the end, the full expression of it, is really synonymous with prem. And therefore Mahaprabhu has, like I say, emphasized the Shikshastakam with the, the extreme language of Trinadupi Sunichena and so on. This should be our our standard, not that I'm the I'm the the devotee of Krishna and you're only the devotee of Ram and we, uh, they don't think like that. So we take some time today for discussing about Ram, sing songs like this one in which he's glorified and serving the deity with that uh, Ramchand, Ranuman, Sita, Lakshman in mind. In Chaitanya Lila we can get some inspiration from one devotee amongst Siddhas there's Marari Gupta. Amongst Sadakas, there is Balava. And developed Sadakas, highly developed Sadakas. And there was another highly developed Sadaka, Ram Bhakti, that Mahaprabhu met in South India. Mahaprabhu converted people in different places. But when he saw very extraordinary devotion, often he backed off and just appreciated Although he does have the power to change that also if he wants. In the case of Venkatabhata, he changed his devotion from that of Ram, devotion to Ram, <coughs> excuse me, Lakshmita, Narayan, Turadagubhita. And we like to think that he was very developed. So, Bhaktivinathaka in one place says, he can do. This is his omnipotence. Generally, he doesn't. So well, he also met one Ram Bhakta, as I meant, as I say, in in South India when he traveled, who was cooking for Ram. And shortly now we're going to end this discussion and we're going to cook. So I wanted to end on this note. <laughs> and following that, of course, we will watch the animated Ramayana and so forth, and as we keep ourselves uh, absorbed in. Uh, um, bhakti for the day, but he met an, a, a, a bhakti in South India who was cooking for Sita and Ram. And uh, Mahaprabhu came as a sannyasi, so he was going to give him lunch too, and Mahaprabhu was waiting waiting for the lunch, and it wasn't coming, and it wasn't coming, and he said, yeah, I'm going to cook. Uh, but he couldn't cook. And so Mahaprabhu said, well, where is the lunch? And he said, well, how can I cook? I, I set out to cook, but how can I cook? Sita has been kidnapped by Ravana. He was absorbed in this, in the Leela, in his meditation. And this bhava came into him in this section of the Leela. This section of the Leela came to him in his heart, and he was absorbed in that empathy for Ram, the loss of Sita, Sita's loss for Ram. He'd been kidnapped by Ravana. How can you think of anything? You're eating at a time like this. Sita's been kidnapped by Ravana. And the whole forest is coming, you know to assist Ram, the monkey monkey soldiers and so forth. And there he was, he was the king, but he had been exiled and and uh, banished. And uh, and how would he defeat Ravana? It was big armies and everything. So he took the, these uh, underdeveloped, uh, you know, apparently people, monkey people, forest people, Jatayu, the bird, and Hanuman, and Sugriva, and so forth. And, these, and they, they all came to assist him with these, like, it's like, you know, if you have Brahm Bhakti, then you can have a whole army on the other side, but you can just have a few forest people on this side and, and defeat. This is part of the, the teaching, of course. Like sometimes it's said, the Pandavas were five and the Kurus were five, you know, 5,000. And, 
that the Pandavas had Krishna on their side, therefore they could defeat. And Sridhar Maharaj once said, and amongst us there are four or five, and across the river there are five hundred, maybe a thousand, five thousand. <laughs> and so, uh, but we had Sridhar Maharaj on our side, so we prevailed over all these years and in many respects. So, uh, over those who were against him, so... So this way, he, anyway, he was thinking, how can I cook? We've talked about eating at a time like this. Sita's been kidnapped by Ravana. We have to, we have to bring, bring her back. How can this be? And he was just overwhelmed by the thought of this. And Mahaprabhu so much appreciated his devotion. He told him, it's all right. He was a sannyasi, and so he, he, he preached to him, and he said, it's okay, it's actually it's not a fact. It's only a Maya form of Sita was kidnapped by Ravana. It's not the actual Sita. And this is all for Leela and there's a purpose to this. And he was able to bring him down from his bhava to the tattva. And then he cooked. And, and then Mahaprabhu went on his way. And when Mahaprabhu then, in his travels, he came across, uh, I believe it was the Gurma Purana being kept in one temple. And he read it and he found the Purana in the scripture, evidence for his his preaching that re- the real Sita became unmanifest and a Maya Sita was, was manifest and this is the only thing that Ravan could steal and and so on. Of course, the sentiments of separation and all, and this all came, but there was no real problem ultimately from a philosophical point of view for Sita. So Mahaprabhu then brought back the Shastra Praman, a good lesson for all of us also. That although he's Bhagawan and he was a perfect sannyasi and he said it in his words as good as God, still he showed the, from the scripture the support for his words. He tore those pages, I believe, and, and gave them to the to the Brahman so that he could he could eat <laughs> if ever he should go again in the direction. So this way we'll cook for the Lord. And the Lord uh, didn't try to change when he saw that measure of devotion. And he didn't try to change that. He tried to facilitate that. He honored that. He worshipped that. So we pray today to get some grace from the, the, the real devotees of Ram, their generosity and their, in their example. It may, it may inspire us to serve with that kind of, uh, in our own sentiment as it develops, with that kind of intensity that, that causes them, like Hanuman, for example, to stand out in eternity for all time for all devotees of all sentiments, as a, a, a exemplary, a, a devotee to worship, a, to honor, and so forth. I mean, there are thousands of Dasya Bhaktas and thousands of Madhurya Bhaktas and Sakya and so many kinds and so forth. But this Hanuman is eternally like standing as, a, as an example to inspire all of them in some way. So, are there any questions? So she's there. There's no trace of Madhurya and Ramlila at all. Well, uh, yeah, there is, in in the form of Sita. But of course, Ram has taken a vow of Ekpatni Brata, so he only had one, one wife. He took a vow to only have one wife, and uh, although he was a king, so Sita's is a, is an ideal wife. But her devotion to Ram is a little more than what you find in Lakshmi for Narayan, which is purely. Uh, well, it's purely a, a dasya bhakti, really. So that that's there. Of course, that brings also to the to our discussion an important point that uh, I didn't mention, and how how Ram took the vow of 
accepting only one wife. And therefore, when he came through the forest of Dandakaranya where the sages were meditating on Gopal Mantra, the ideal of which takes us to, to Brajabhakti and optimally the, the Gopi Bhav, and they were pursuing that, and Ram came, who's Krishna himself, so they wanted to have Gopi Bhav with him. He said, no, I've taken a vow in this incarnation, only one wife, so the next incarnation, when I appear as Krishna, then you can have your ambitions fulfilled. And they became sadhaka gopis then, through Ram's blessing. <laughs> they were chanting, and Ram appeared. They got the darshan of, of Ram Chandra, and he gave the blessing. Oh, as Krishna, you can have that with me. Next birth, I'm coming. They took birth as gopis and learned in association then with the Nityasiddha gopis how to um, conduct themselves appropriately in that leela. Any other question or comment? Yes? In relation to this morning's reading, you read that Prahlad was saying how Hanuman is like more fortunate, yeah. Yeah, more fortunate. Because he had the constant company for like 13,000 years. So, and and then Prahlad said that he only saw Nishingadev in his trance. So I was thinking like, what's the difference between seeing the Lord in a trance and seeing him like face to face? The difference is that in the trance you can do so many services as possible. But when he comes before you, you can do them also with your senses, personally. So it, Sanatana Goswami said another place in Vrita Bhagavatam, this is, this is superior. Because in trance, your senses are become, they're not active, and you're having the experience. And that, when he's visible before you, you're having the experience and serving him with your senses. He said this, Sanatana Goswami, in relation to the to Kirtan being superior to Smarnam. And, um, and this is basically how he's, how he's explained it. And during the Arctic, all the things that are done with the senses. See, it's an in-between. Now you do with your senses, but you can't do internally. As a result of doing, you should be able to do internally. And then here comes externally. Something like that. <laughs> All right, so we'll stop there. Shri Ram Nomi Mahamotsapatiti ki jai. Gold Bhakta Brinda ki jai. Gold Pramananda. Haribu. Guru Maharaj ki jai.